0: I'm Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets. And I'm Anthony Latino, a.k.a. The Odds Fellow. And this is Short-Term High Volatility Investments, your one-stop shop for sports betting and insights, no matter what season is in full swing. And now, let's cash some tickets. Happy Thursday, everybody. This is your latest edition of Short-Term High Volatility Investments, the podcast powered and brought to you by 137 p.m., usually at my side On the other microphone is the old man who bets, Jeff Sheesby, but he is not here today, so we're going to give you a quick show, quick podcast edition, NBA playoff preview, a little look ahead of just what's to come, right, with the NBA playoffs uh, around the corner. I mean, truly is, Jeff and I always like to joke about this, and we say, you know, is it the best time of the year for sport? Is this the best weekend? I don't know. At some point, we're going to have to get a poll up and really get some you know, of gambling Twitter and maybe some other platforms to weigh in and really decide what is the best time of year, but this is a good one, right? You are in the midst of April, spring, depending on where you live, hopefully coming. In the Northeast, it doesn't want to kick that 30, 40, 50 degree weather. We gotta get above 50 and we gotta stay above 50. No more rain, just 50 plus, please. Bring out the sun, bring out the cold beers, the hot bats, the hot bats, the cold beers. That's what we need, right? So. But why is it a good time of year? Well, NBA playoffs, like I just mentioned, we're going to dive into that. You also have opening day today, Thursday, kicking off in the MLB. Unfortunately, Yankees already delayed their game, uh, so that opening day has moved to Friday. I'd be there, but instead, uh, I will not be there because Friday I can't attend. Had a little bit of a conflict, so have to push that. But you got opening day in the MLB. You got the NBA playoffs around the corner, officially kicking off with the play in April 12th through 15th. We'll talk about that a little bit you have the masters this weekend also kicking off today busy day for thursday uh so thursday through sunday the masters tiger woods is playing there's a lot to do a lot to watch a lot to look forward to in addition to the nba playoffs you have the nhl playoffs uh right around the corner as well um they follow on that nba schedule so you know i have a lot to look forward to a lot to view as a spectator uh hopefully maybe some in-person live events maybe some nets or nicks uh well nets rather playoff games and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But for today's show, like I said, we want to get into the playoffs a little bit. This is what we call the way too early NBA playoff preview. Uh, doesn't feel that early, you know, because it's April 7th, right? And we're talking about a play-in tournament that kicks off the 12th through the 15th. The wrinkle, the issue, the challenge is we don't necessarily know all of the matchups just yet, right? So strap in, Get ready. We're going to have a little bit of fun. This is short-term high volatility investments, again, powered by 1.37 p.m., and we are here to talk about the NBA playoffs. So what we are going to cover? We are going to cover the landscape of the East and the West. We're going to talk about the schedule a little bit, like we mentioned. Uh, that kicks off April 12th for the plan. And then we're going to get into some interesting spots, for me, at least look-aheads that I'm, I'm thinking about, ways I might bet it. Uh, that'll kind of you know dovetail a little bit into how to cap Handicap the postseason games, these seven-game series, and a grueling playoff schedule that the NBA goes through. Um, that might include different resources I use. You know how to look at regular season versus postseason data, um, and and then we'll close out with, like I said, maybe a couple of those interesting spots, those look aheads, those way too early's. So let's have a little bit of fun. So first, with the landscape, um, landscape and schedule wise. So the schedule still has a couple days. Left, I, I believe it goes through Sunday, um, which is April 10th. You have a gap on the 11th, and then that play-in kicks off the 12th through the 15th. So the play-in is really the fun wrinkle here. You know, we had our second – this is our second straight year of that play-in tournament that the NBA has instituted, which I think is a nice little wrinkle to get more teams in the mix, more teams in the competitive balance. So instead of just seeding one through eight in the East and in the Western Conference to get 16 teams in – Technically, uh, there's another two teams that are in the mix. So you're actually looking at 20 teams, uh, 10 in each conference, fighting for those uh, eight spots. So the play-in, the way it works, and it'll take place April 12th through April 15th, like I mentioned, uh, seven versus eight play each other. The winner gets in as the seventh seed, only has to win one game, one and done. So that's the advantage of being in that seven, eight top slot. Uh, obviously, if you're the seventh seed, you get home court, you're the eighth you're on the road but can still get in with one victory the seven eight loser then will go a day later and play the winner of the nine versus ten so when you get into the ninth tenth matchup you're still in the mix you're still in the hunt still clinging to your playoff lives and your playoff hopes the loser goes home so the nine versus ten spot not the ideal one you know beneficial because you're still in the mix you still have a shot Uh, not ideal because you have to win two games. So any bets we've been talking about from a future standpoint you know, to make the playoffs, to miss the playoffs, which I think Jeff had a few futures during one of our NBA second half shows uh, about missing and making the playoffs. I went a little bit more on the regular season win total train. Um, Those bets mean you have to get through the play-in, right? So a team could make the play-in, lose the play-in, and then you cash the miss the playoffs ticket. If they make the play in and win out, they get either the seventh or the eighth seed like we talked about, then that bet cashes. So just one thing to keep in mind if you're sitting on any of those futures, luckily for him, give a little shout out to the old man himself. He had the Lakers to miss the playoffs and we don't even have to worry or think about that, which phases into the rest of this landscape conversation that I want to have because the Lakers are eliminated. LeBron for the second time in four years as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers is playing golf and focusing on Space Jam 3 or something, right? Got to be Hollywood because he's not in the playoffs, so he doesn't have to worry about that this June or that offseason. So, done. Not what we expected from an old Lakers team, but maybe what Jeff expected, right? He did bet Lakers to missed the playoffs, and that thing cashes with no sweat, no play-in necessary, which uh, you love to see. So, let's pivot. Uh, well, we'll start. we'll start in the West since I already mentioned the wonderful Lakers. And, you know, the teams that we're looking at, in terms of clinching already right as of this podcast are the suns grizzlies warriors and mavs in that order likely one through four i don't think you're going to anticipate or see a ton of movement um in those top four i think they're pretty locked in where you could see a little bit of a slide is in the fifth and the sixth seed and then obviously you get into the you know mess organized chaos a little bit of fun that is the play in tournament itself right so those top four like i said pretty locked in you know, Dallas could potentially get caught by Utah. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. So then you're really looking at movement. Uh, jazz, Nuggets, right now 5-6. and six, And then 7-8, um, right now occupied by the Wolves and Clippers. Um, but you also have the Pelicans and the Spurs in the mix. I think the sad thing is, for me, in both the East and the West, we'll get into this a little bit, is you don't really have any of these other teams on the bubble with two or three games left that can catch the play in teams and make it interesting. So not a ton of shake up between you know, seven through 10 and not a ton of risk that, you know, one through six might drop into that seventh spot. Right. Um, But what that does give us is a little bit more visibility into some of the potential matchups. Right. So I think here, like I mentioned, wolves and clippers uh, are likely going to be your seven, eight, and then your Pelicans and Spurs likely the nine, 10 Uh, Spurs have been playing better as of late, but I do like the Pelicans. I don't have a line. I think the Pelicans and to me, um, you know, the Pelicans get out of that 9-10 matchup. I, I think the Wolves-Clippers, I want to take Wolves. I want to take the young, scrappy Wolves. I know a lot of folks are high on them and what they've done this year. Um, it's hard to bet against some of the veteran presence and some of the streakiness of the Clippers, especially if there's this looming news and an opportunity that Kawhi Leonard, the claw himself, could actually come back. So we'll see. That's something to monitor, right? Gut reaction for me says the Wolves and Clippers probably get in. I think they are still much better and much healthier uh, than the Pelicans and Spurs. The Clippers are going to be a team I'll have my eye on if any of that Kawhi news does change. They did just get back PG3, uh, playing a little bit better as of late. And I just think the Pelicans and Spurs, although they've been streaky down the stretch, they passed the Lakers, which nobody really thought was going to happen. Uh, I still don't think I see any of them sneaking into the top eight in the west so i think wolves clippers probably get there probably safe the one i could see spoiling the party a little bit maybe the pelicans uh with some of that cj McCollum leadership in the east meanwhile just again talking landscape a little bit before we dive into some of the other info and data and and best practices in the east you have the heat celtics bucks and sixers rounding out your top four Uh, then you have the raptors and the bulls fighting for that five six spot again similar to the west you're really not going to anticipate and see a ton of movement uh, of any of those top four falling out of the top four. There's a big gap right now um, between the record for four and the record for five. I think it could still mathematically happen, but you have Toronto sitting at 46 and 33. And then those three teams that I mentioned, this is the interesting part for me, something to watch. The second through fourth seeds right now in the Eastern Conference, aka the gauntlet, is... The Boston Celtics at 49 and 30, who must hold tiebreakers over the Milwaukee Bucks, also 49 and 30, over the Philadelphia Sixers, your fourth seed, also 49 and 30. So, with three games to go, including a head to head matchup between them, you do have these three teams vying for seeds two through four. What's interesting to me is do you get any gamesmanship down the stretch that these teams try to avoid Brooklyn? The winner potential winner of one of the play-in spots and do you try to tempt the basketball gods into seating in a matchup that works better for you i don't know i i can't tell i personally don't think milwaukee is scared or terrified of anyone they're the defending champs they kind of roll right through these teams when they uh you know at least attempt to right they they put their best guys out there they're not resting anybody um you know, just tend to take on that Giannis mentality, I think. And I don't see them falling into that position. Uh Philly, I could, interestingly enough, especially after that embarrassment against the Nets in the regular season, but who knows, right? So right now the way it plays out two through four, this could really shake up because the big thing that happens is Boston and Milwaukee play each other. So the other, you know, three squads, I think outside of Boston, have a little bit of an easier schedule. Milwaukee head to head against Boston at Detroit at Cleveland. Um, Philadelphia at Toronto versus Indiana versus Detroit, right? I could very much see a lot of these teams going two and one. Uh, so that head to head matchup may become the biggest key and any other tank spot that pops up. But you got to be careful because these teams might not be playing for a ton down the stretch. So as you look at it over the weekend and you're gambling on these games, you're betting on these games, always check to see the playoff implications, the seeding implications, because that may tell you a little bit even before the injury report of who might rest, who might. You know, maybe they suit up. Maybe they're not on the injury report, but these guys get pulled early. You know, there shouldn't be a ton of scoreboard watching because there's only so much movement that can happen. But these three are one bunched-up group to really watch, right? So who's going to be second, third, and fourth? And then that dictates a big thing, like I mentioned, about the play-in. You very much could have the Nets sliding into the seventh spot, which seemed unlikely even as early as two or three days ago. But I think with the continued slide from the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, a kind of a surprise loss from the Hawks, you know, these teams have all shifted. So, right now, Brooklyn is in the eighth spot, Cleveland's in the seventh spot, and Cleveland is a team moving in the wrong direction, uh, unfortunately. So, if you told me that 7 8 matchup holds true and it's Brooklyn versus Cleveland, I can't really see a world in which Brooklyn does not get through to the seventh spot, which sets them up for a matchup against the two seed. Um, so, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. I think the East is really fun just with those teams I mentioned. I mean, the top four alone are all, you know, bona fide playoff contenders, um, you know, great odds uh, in terms of some of the futures markets, a lot of the favorites, Um, you know, teams that have been there in the past, good experience. Uh, And then you still have, outside of that top four, you still have Toronto, who has proven to be a difficult matchup and come on as of late. They're right now the fifth seed. Likely holds, could drop to sixth. And then you still have the Nets, Lurking as that potential play, and you know, crazy thing about the Nets, seventh, eighth seed play in doesn't matter. Hasn't really scared away Vegas, which is usually pretty telling. At least interesting, I, I think. You know, I personally, as a fan, would love to see them make a little bit of a run. I think it's going to be tough without Ben Simmons and without some of that defensive death. But on offense, you can put them up against everybody, anybody, and in, in, in the half court. And what is telling that I wanted to mention is like if you float over to DraftKings and look at the futures market. You know, those same nets that we talked about are – I still had it here. Maybe not. Maybe I lost it. But I think they are third to win the – win it all. So third to win the NF, NBA championship in terms of best odds um, at plus 600. Uh, and second best odds only behind the Bucks to win the East at plus 320. So you're not getting a ton of value for a team that has to run all the way through the plane, Right? So I think that's a good little segue, right? We talked a lot about the landscape. We talked a lot about what could move. You know, these are things to watch over the weekend as the last two or three games for these teams unfold and the seeding becomes el- e- evident. But you know, one thing about how to approach this in terms of capping the postseason, and this is a postseason that runs pretty lengthy, right? These are all seven-game series once you get past the play-in. Uh, beginning April 12th through 15th of the play-in, the start of the 2022 NBA playoffs April 16th, you're going to continue all the way until June 2nd, the first game of the NBA Finals. And then that could go seven games and spread out over that first you know week and a half, two weeks of June. So to really start your summer off right with hopefully a great NBA Finals matchup. But one thing to keep in mind as you're handicapping this and thinking about this is, you know, for me, jumping into the futures odds or the series odds at this point generally isn't where the value is the value's probably gone at this point unless you're taking a long shot. You know, any of those top three, four, five seeds, um, and even, like I said, they've adjusted on the Brooklyn's standpoint, right? You'd hope that if they were in the 7-8 or the 9-10 and stuck in this play and that you'd have some longer odds for them to either win it all or to win in the East. But sitting there to take the second or the third best odds in terms of favorite, which really means the worst odds on the board, right, because they're the favorite, you're getting the least long-term value for betting them it's pointless right you you're gonna have series and matchups here where brooklyn has to go through the gauntlet and might not be favored in every series they're obviously not going to be favored in every game so you're almost betting it better off betting it as you go you know like i said unless you're taking a longer long shot um which i personally don't recommend and is something i usually don't get too far into the time to bet these teams the more value to bet these teams was earlier in the season could have been at the halfway point could have even been a little bit earlier as this stuff was shaking out that's always tough to do right so for me i think you're better off looking game to game maybe series to series if you can get a little bit of an edge and a decent price uh versus tying up capital and units and you know your bankroll in a futures bet that doesn't have the longest odds that it should maybe uh for the gauntlet these teams need to go through and you kind of take a step back at it and look at it that way right so some other things i look at just in terms of handicapping a postseason game, um, so hopefully this is a good part of the podcast. If you know you're interested in diving in for the first time, or you bet during the regular season or in the past, but you haven't been successful in the postseason, what else to do? One thing I like to warn people on is. Does regular season matchup data matter? Do the lines in the regular season matter? Do the records, do the matchups for these teams when they did go head-to-head? Because, again, remember, if you're talking about the conferences, these teams play each other usually four times, and then sometimes out of a division it's it's three times in terms of a matchup. So there's a lot of familiarity there. But this is over the course of an 82-game season. So I say that last year a good example is the Knicks versus the Hawks. I think the Knicks swept the season series – during last year's regular season and then they ended up losing um and some games weren't close early on it was they lost that first round playoff series against the hawks if you looked at the season by season breakdown the hawks were a different team second half of the year after making a coaching move and a coaching change they were playing better down the stretch they had a tough matchup and a tough tougher style of play than the way the knicks style of play translated from regular season to postseason. So again, that was an instance where, sure, the regular season mattered. It gives a team confidence. It could be telling on some of the stats, but it's not always going to be the case. I would never say, okay, that team swept the regular season or they won the regular season series 3-1, lock of the century, throw it down, mortgage play, 529 kids play on that specific you know, playoff series and the same stuff to recur. It's just not the way these things break down. Right. Part of the reason You have coaching changes, you have roster changes. That could be trade deadlines, uh, it could be injuries, um, things that shake up, guys getting back, guys getting healthier, different style of play. And you also just have teams that played differently throughout the year. Another good example of that this year, if you look in the East, Chicago and Cleveland kind of come limping into this postseason. They're banged up. Evan Mobley hurt now don't know how long he's out for. Jared Allen out for an extended period of time with Cleveland. So these bigs, this interesting lineup that they had, these young studs who wanted to try hard and run hard and work hard on defense out of the gate, not in the lineup, not in the mix for Cleveland. They keep dropping. Chicago similar, right? Um slightly older squad, you know, a little bit more experience, still playing well but clinging to a different pace than they had earlier in the year. I bet their second half Wins total at under fifty point five. That was adjusted, um, and I think the best they can land at is forty seven or forty eight wins. You know, when you look at it on the uh, the full scale. So that's a W. We'll take that. But then on the other side of the coin, if you flip over to the West, you have the Dallas Mavericks made a trade deadline move to unload Kristaps Porzingis, who many thought was the unicorn, right, the pride of the New York Knicks from a few years ago, um, and Luca's kind of right hand man, co star, whatever way you want to look at it. And they just didn't work well. They didn't mesh well from a roster standpoint, from a matchup standpoint on both offense and defense. They move on from, from him. They put some other pieces around. They sure up their defensive identity under new head coach Jason Kidd. And now you have the Mavs surging at the right time and sitting there in that, I believe, four spot um, comfortably You know, in the West. right? So, again, there's a lot to look at here and unpack as you handicap NBA playoffs, but I would always be careful – about solely relying on the regular season data. You got to look at it from all angles. Um, a couple of resources that I like to use are teamrankings.com. That has d- d- data and rankings amongst the teams, both betting related. So you can get a lot of against the spread info, totals info and how these teams have performed, why, trends, things like that. Um, and stat related. You can also go back and toggle a few years. Easy to export data if you're looking, if you prefer to look in Excel versus on your browser. Landobasketball.com has historical scores for all matchups. so You can get a matchup there and see what the season series was like uh like i said going back regular season should be a data point so it's there odd shark is another way to search and find some of the historical lines um there's different ways to do this other apps also have some of the historical lines sometimes they're tough to find but what you want to look for in a lot of cases that's helpful for me is the closing lines of those matchups to see how the outcome performed and what they adjusted for uh, against some of those closing odds. And then I'll just rattle off a few more basketballreference.com, nba.com and lineups.com, all different forms of teams and player stats that are helpful to look at. So I do all that. Do all that and we'll have some NBA playoff picks, I promise, next week um, You know, right as that kind of first round kicks off. We'll get out any series bets ahead of time if we can uh, and then we'll bet game to game, week to week, day to day, bet by bet, we're going to keep building. Um, and that's what this is all about. So look, in closing, what I'll give you, because we talked about resources, we talked about the landscape, we talked about some fun things. Um, the interesting matchups for me, if this were to end today, are really Dallas versus Utah, which is right now the 4-5 in the West. Potentially could be the the Nuggets, depending on how that 5-6 spot between the Jazz and the Nuggets is. Um, You know shape up but just in looking at it and looking at some of the scores I do think it'll likely be the Jazz staying slightly ahead of the Nuggets um but either way I you know if this does end Dallas uh Utah I think it's there's some pretty telling matchup data here for me you know talking about the regular season and the trends right uh both teams won the home games in this series So it started out as two Jazz home games in a row, December 25th and February 25th. And then Dallas won on March 7th and March 27th. The scores alone, right? Interesting here, back on Christmas, 120-116, Utah back on february 25th 114 109 utah and that second game that w really was a big effort from donovan mitchell he went off for 33 points including seven threes and the jazz had a massive third quarter to kind of pull away and then keep that one at arm's length um until dallas tightened it up a little bit with that 114 109 so two close games right four points in the first five in the second now that february 25th game was after the february 10th trade deadline so that's no Porzingis like the trend I mentioned before, right? But that was early on in that, and I think Dallas was still kind of fine-tuning and getting some things going. If you look at the later matchups, which was Dallas on March 7th and Dallas on March 27th, those games were 111-103 to 103 and then 114-100. to 100. So 8-point W for Dallas, again, both in Dallas, and a 14-point win. I just think this team, Luca and Co., now his man, right, his team, uh, um, he's the man, is ready to make a jump two years in a row. They've gotten into the playoffs into the first round and Luca himself has been super dangerous. They've even got some series leads and wins and two years in a row, they let the Clippers come back on them. But I think he's ready here. I think this is a much different matchup. Um, you know, in terms of defensive length and wings that the Clippers could throw at Luka, especially as the series got tighter in the half court versus what the Jazz can do. You got to take Rudy out of the game. But for me, if I can get a decent, tight series price here, Dallas may be one way to go for me. Um, if it's against Denver, I may have a little bit more. I You know, I want to dig into the data a little bit more. But if, if it's Dallas, I do like Dallas over Utah. Um, they've been so much better defensively. They're still opponent offense with the MVP caliber leader in Luka. And look, at the end of the day, for me, these are two teams trending in different directions. Dallas making moves, building around their leader, surging up the Western Conference leaderboard, where Utah's kind of treading water, sliding down from a record and a season standpoint versus what they've had. And this could be the final stand for them. If they get bounced in the first or second round, this team, this roster might get blown up. So look for some of that dysfunction to hopefully continue. Uh, the other interesting matchups for me is the Suns or Memphis. Um in terms of who gets the Clippers. So let's assume the Clippers make the seven or eight spot. I don't hate the idea of putting maybe a little series value on them or at least seeing them steal a few games, especially if you get a weird Kawhi announcement out of nowhere. Now, personally, probably not going to happen, but something fun, interesting to watch for. If the Suns get them, and the Clippers don't put up a fight or cause a test here, I can't really see a world where the Suns don't walk through the Western Conference. It just doesn't seem as competitive uh, and as on point as the East where I couldn't guess who's going to come out. I really don't have a good idea or a good sense of that yet. We'll have another one next week. But for me, you know, the Clippers against one of those teams could be a live dog. And then depending on how the Suns shake out there, I think the Suns probably are your Western Conference winner. Uh, the other big one for me, Two things to watch in the East. Whoever lands in the third spot against the Bulls. So again, you had that gauntlet of Celtics, Bucks, Sixers. Right now that's two, three, four. One of them is going to land in the three spot and probably match up against the Bulls as the sixth seed. And the Bulls do not scare me. Uh, good team, good story, good effort getting back. I just don't think they match up against those teams. I don't think they're ready for those teams. Um, whoever lands in the fourth spot, I'm hoping it's Philadelphia versus toronto because i think toronto is a live dog in that series the depth and the defensive length that they possess the coaching of nick nurse i think that's a live dog in the five seed that could upset philly uh could also probably get boston in my opinion um milwaukee a little bit tougher uh, a little bit more proven there but i think if you see boston or philadelphia slide to that five spot toronto is an interesting one that i'm going to keep my eye on So the last little nugget and wrinkle I'll leave you with, those were a couple look-aheads. We've talked about a lot. DMs are always open. Uh, But the other thing I like to do, and I will do this, and we'll talk more about this next week, is if a team you had graded to win the series loses game one, I like to bet the future on the series at that point. Sometimes, not always, you can get good value or at least better value compared to what you got pre-flop in the series because so much has changed right now that team is down a one now they face a tougher road ahead but what you have to remember take a pause these things are seven game series for a reason the seven game series allows the better team to usually usually win out right over the course of these seven games making adjustments making changes um so i think that's another angle that i like to take during the postseason one thing to watch so that's all i got for you today like I said, little podcast, little NBA playoff preview, little best practices. We'll have plenty more. The old man who bets will be back next week. I can be followed on Twitter. Check out the timeline for plenty of picks at the underscore odds underscore fellow. Uh, we'll both be online, both on Twitter. So hit us up if you need anything. And otherwise, always check out short-term high volatility investments wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it. One thirty-seven p.m. appreciates it. We will be back to cash more tickets. Thanks all. Cheers. Thanks for listening.